New Norfolk was one that kind of um, that blew me out. And I guess maybe it's that gentrification across the, the last 10-year period because I know we've spoken before about I wasn't allowed to go to parties in New Norfolk back in the day. It was too dangerous. I love New Norfolk now. I reckon it's so you'll nice. find that if they do this report in another five years' time, New Norfolk's no longer on that team. No, I agree. Going one, going twice, All right, guys, welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly engagement into real estate here in the Hobart Marketplace. I'm your host, Aaron Horn, and I am joined back by the two guys at the desk. It's been a red-hot minute between uh, drinks for everyone in here, but yeah. welcome back, Patrick Berry and John McGregor. Can, can I just say that after, what, three or four years of doing this podcast, you are nailing these intros. These I know, I don't stress Every it. week, you don't stuff it up anymore. I don't stress about it anymore. I used <laughs> yeah, to be like, oh, my God, I'd be lying in bed thinking, all right, and then I say this, and then I say this. <laughs> now it just rolls off the tongue. Rolls so off the smoothly. tongue. I can even, like, make it up if you're not here, if you're not here. I got this. No problem. And then I've got someone else in this seat. <laughs> no, it's good to have you, Mac, J-Mac. Me and Pat flew solo last week. Um... And we talked all about his trip to Inman. You were away. Where was I? You were in South oh, Australia. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> where was I? Where was I? God, was I, I spent doing? so much time abroad. <laughs> where, where was I last week? I think week? I was on a cosmic trip around the globe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was um, for the release of my brother's gin, McGregor and Young. Yeah, I was hoping you'd bring some in. You got any uh, sitting about? Uh, I do. Oh. I do on my kitchen bench, unfortunately. <laughs> but we'll, we're, we've got. Um, we're going to do. We'll do a, do a tasting at the end of the week. And I'm sure um, for the listeners, we'll have a discount code in the notes that, you know, we get a kickback yeah. like they do on all those yeah, big name pod- podcasts. Marketing. Yeah, 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 Affiliate marketing, baby. Yeah, just yeah. use the codes uh, below. <laughs> Type in McGregor Gin. <laughs> yeah. Friends of the poppy pod. <laughs> well, Can't it was, speak today, Jesus. It was so good. Um, it, but it took six years in the making for those guys. They um, Realistically, though, Chris is a high-voltage electrician, has his own company, and Scott was in the Air Force. So yep. they never really had lots of time to consistently... Um, break it, you know, to work on it. But one thing they discovered when they the, originally, I think they said the idea of firstborn that they were going to have like a little um, bar in Latvia and realised, well, that's probably, you know, the coordinating all that was a bad idea because they were travelling. Yeah, why Latvia? Like, Well, they were travelling through Eastern Europe at the time. Yeah, um, just fell in love with Latvia. Something like that. It, it could have been some other L country, but something like that. And he, but when they got back and they, they, realised they really wanted to do this. They first discovered, actually, we just have to become good distillers first. So they end up just learning how to make alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to have their own clear spirit and then build the gin from there, just it, they just never – I always thought, well, this it's you can get into gin really quick, buy some alcohol, throw in some botanicals, and boom, you've got a product. Yeah, but yeah. They, but the reality is, like, we're, it's over flooded. You know, the market, there's gins absolutely everywhere. But they never did it with the intention that they wanted to make money. They just wanted to make a good alcohol, you know. So so with that, then they replayed the long game to think, well, look, there's, there's an oversaturation of product, but they just want to make something that they really love to drink themselves and build just a small little business around it that hopefully they can just sort of pay a decent little salary yep. and then just be um, distillers and, you know, um, Chris can sell his company and, got retired from the Air Force, so that's sort of the long-term goal. Yeah, when mm. when you came in and said, oh, this is the family gin, I was just like, gin? I would have put you guys down for your kind of your whiskeys or Arrow yeah, beige. Yeah. yeah, something dirty <laughs> like Arrow that. But, whiskey. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, it looked, it looked really cool, all the design on it and everything they've put together. And obviously, like you said, it's been a six-year process to mm. kind of just go from idea to this place. Will we be seeing them on Shark Tank or anything like that coming soon? Like I saw some fancy um, botanical drinks that were um, on there last night. I love Shark Tank, by the way. So the plan is um, they all the products paid for so they can just slowly sell it. They've got 2,000 bottles on the first run. 
um, and then figure out where they are in the market. Yeah, cool. Um, figure out how they're going to sell it. Um, so that's a whole other skill set. Um, Scott was just sharing with us on our family chat as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's so exciting. And, you know, not playing favourites. Look, if you don't like gin, you're not going to like it, you know, because obviously it's a gin for us. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but honestly, it's a really bloody good product. Um, yeah, cool. Really bloody good. Sweet. Um, so we thought we've got – I bought some mixer to make this cocktail that they had on uh, the launch night. So on Friday, ideally, I'll bring the stuff in if we can. If not, it doesn't work this week. We'll do it next week. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just so everyone in the office can give it a, give it a crack. I'll be here for that. It'll, yeah, yeah. it'll be a, a, a January adventure. Genuine, right. So that, <laughs> yeah. well, they're here for the um, uh, the Gin Fest next week. Uh, oh, there's one yeah. next week? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. sweet. Rock and roll. Oh, I should have them in on the podcast. They come in for sure. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Done deal. Sorted. Deal. Anyway, guess sorted for next week. Tell us about your gin. Let's taste it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And talk about real estate second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like well, maybe. What yeah. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> Bo- boozy real estate. We'll sort it out. Um, I wanted to talk real estate today. I looked into a little bit of stuff. There was kind of a report that came out through is it Prop Track or yep. That is it. Thank that you. That was Pat. it. You're on the money. Um, and it was interesting. It was kind of about this. Um, you know how long people will hold on to a property or how long people will. Um, be in certain suburbs, and mm. it's interesting. I I know I've heard of the you know the seven year rich. I think you mentioned it even before we started, but that life cycle of kind of you get into your home about seven years later, you feel like it's time to move on to the next oh. one. Mm. We're about five and a half years into having the place we're in at the moment. Our family's grown exponentially yeah. since we purchased the house. It was kind of like, oh, this would be a good fixer-upper. Now it's like, now it's a good family home. Mm. But it's like, oh, we're going to run out of space. So we're actually quite just the average, right on track to be the normal person of hitting seven years. It's time to move. Yeah, yeah. So I just kind of wanted to look into some of the stats on this um, on this report and see if it, if it holds true or if it's a little I bit I guess different. what always interests me is that people think that it's just seven years. But it's actually every suburb's different. Yeah. So some suburbs are longer than others, but most people don't realise that. They just assume that. Well, I guess know, like a the, bunch of this stuff is like getting the median and, and bringing yeah. it into it here. And yeah, I guess the easy answer easy answer is, yeah, about seven years. And, and that's when we're going to start prospecting onto the next one. Yep. But yeah, it's interesting. Some of the suburbs here that we've looked across, the report had across all of Tassie, all across Australia. But of course, being Tassie based, we looked into our marketplace and I looked across the top 10 suburbs with the longest average hold period so um if you want to kind of go through some of those ones maybe we could talk to why we think those suburbs might have a longer time than other ones yeah well i guess the first stat that the report actually outlines which i thought was quite interesting across all of tasmania it's actually the 11 year itch ah. so we talk about seven but the average person in tasmania owns a property for over 10 years so it's actually up 23 percent according ah, to so i'm only at halfway i've still yeah, got plenty so, of life out of my house yeah mate so just settle in cruising, <laughs> you ain't going anywhere anytime all right. so. i'm okay well that's close to work it's close yeah. to school it's close but, to all the things i need yeah it's interesting because i assume that as properties have got more expensive people it's are less inclined to move mm. things like that probably are factors as to why people aren't moving as much as what they were mm. but you know it's an interesting sort of report that's come out and the stats and even the suburbs that are that perform better than others are quite interesting and for the different reasons, I guess, like why they're, they're appealing to people. Yeah, so I wanted to pick kind of your brains on why you kind of thought. So looking at the top 10 suburbs on this report from PropTrack, it's got um, West Moona at the, the top of the top and then we've got Newtown, Launceston, I guess, general as the whole city mm. 
and then we go to Moon. I love that Launceston's just yeah, you know, they just smack back. I guess that's no different to the suburb of Hobart. There is a Hobart yeah, suburb. True, true, true. So yeah, <laughs> no, Central Launceston doesn't have any ah, suburbs. No Riverside or Mowbray <laughs> or any of those other places. Newstead, um, South Hobart, mm. West Hobart, Dodgers Ferry, a pretty interesting one there. Mm. Lindisfarne, um, Somerset, and Lauderdale. Well, the first thing I notice when I look at that list of 10 suburbs is they all come with a different style of lifestyle. Yep. Mm. And it's, um, you know, Dodgers Ferry is your beachy vibes town where people move down there because you can still commute back to Hobart within sort of an hour or yep. less than an hour now with a new highway. Yeah, the new bypass. Um, mm. and, but you're still getting that weekend beach vibes of Clifton Beach and being able to be part of the surf life saving community, that type of stuff. Yep. I know for a fact that a lot of people relocate from Sydney's northern beaches to sort of hop- – the Dodgers Ferry, Carlton, that sort of area. Yeah, well, even Lauderdale is a is a prime Very, spot for somebody absolutely. that's kind of lived in that kind of area yeah. and then he's looking for kind of, yeah, that beach lifestyle that's not too far from the city. Yeah, so I think it's a lot of people from the mainland that forget that Tassie is too cold to actually swim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they're used to that travel time and that commute and they're not, oh, yeah, they've got no issues nothing. where they're like, yeah. oh, what, you're complaining about 40 minutes to get to work? Yeah, like, I can't even get to the corner store in 40 yeah, minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But then, you know, you look at some of the other suburbs and, you know, if you take Newtown or West Mooner into consideration, they both have a lot to offer as far as cafes, restaurants, lifestyle that's within the community itself and also a short commute back to Hobart City itself. Yeah, so that when I looked at those ones, the thing that instantly jumped out at me was it was that those family areas where you're not in a city living, you've still kind of got a backyard, you can still... Um, maybe ride your bike on the street without having the fear of, um, you know... Being run over. Being run over or... Yeah. Uh, they so still you- had that homely, even 1980s vibe about some of the areas there. Mm. Um, you got those big lush trees down the street. Yeah. It's like- well, so well, one, one thing about West Moona, you um, consider the makeup of most of those homes and a lot of them were built by um, European migrants at the time. They're all brick, they're all double story and they've got the, the you know, the three bedroom house at the top and a rumpus or a, or a granny flat underneath. So You're describing my house in West Moon that exactly I grew up it was. in. So it, it, they're built to be able to sustain a family over multiple generations. Yep. So it kind of makes sense that those houses serve more than, um, you, you know, one or two children. They serve up to, you know, three, four, five, you know, however big a family, they're built to be able to sustain that growth yep. so they could, you know, hold that family over a longer life cycle as well. But even, I mean, again, um, you know, new t- uh, Newtown the same, that because it had been an aspirational suburb, that's going to be the, you know, your second or your third move often in most cases. So then um, you're able to, you're not going to want to move again. It's like, okay, we're in the suburb we need to be. Ah, so you, um, you're so working on the theory that Newtown's one of those suburbs that you can't buy into as a first-time buyer. You're working to that level. So when it. you hit that, you're in sort of maybe, you know, early to mid-40s. You know, you're, you're getting that 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 goal of the, the final family home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, like, uh, yeah, you're South Hobart's, West Hobart's, it's almost like you've I've reached, I've reached where I've I reached want to where I reach. I don't want to overreach this. Um, point and then it, in a counter to that, that some of the shortest average hold periods do seem like they're more the suburbs where yeah they, I've got into your, the market yeah they're your first home buyer yeah. your investor marketplace so um, obviously investors turn properties over a lot quicker because yep. they'll they'll use it for a certain period of time to get value out of from their capital gains their tax capital gains from with tax different things like that that mm. you know there's a a purpose to it they're, yeah. And then yeah. they move on to the next investment property. It's interesting, just like jumping straight out at me at the so looking at the other end with the top ten suburbs with the shortest average hold period. We've got like your East Devonport, your Olverston, your Mowbray. I remember when um, I 
I wasn't here when you spoke to the guy, but who was the investor that we came in who'd purchased places in that area? God, I hope he's not listening because I have him in mind blank. Yeah. I, I, and I could see him yep. sitting right here yep. in your seat. Yeah. yeah I've got a mind blank. Sorry. And yep. he brought so much more value than you yeah. or me ever did. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> but here we are. Anyway, I remember, yeah. Well, all these suburbs that he's listing are pretty much all the ones he was buying in. Exactly. So, yeah, it was, was really right onto um, the the ball there. Mm. And, yeah, as you look into them, they're, they're those kind of let's get in the market, let's find our way. Like Mayfield, that's where I lived when I went to uni. There were so many mm. kind of ex-housing commission homes yep. there that you could see lots of investors had picked up. Yeah. Brez's old man, that was we were in his investment property. We were he was looking after us while we were. Was he really? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, he was looking. Was interesting. He was looking after us. Yeah, yeah. We weren't looking after the house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any point looking after that place, mate. <laughs> I actually do think, from memory, the back bedroom that Turner lived in, there was definitely like a duct in the roof there when we moved in that someone definitely been growing something interesting <laughs> in that back room. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Just had a just had a special had, vibe that room. And t- he was always a happy he's so guy. relaxed. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. No, well he wasn't. No, he was paranoid. Yeah, <laughs> was and, like jumping all over the yeah. spectrum. Just then. <laughs> um, look, it, it's interesting. Yeah, looking at these kind of the other end of the spectrum. New Norfolk was one that kind of um, that blew me out, and I guess maybe it's that gentrification across the the last ten year period. Because I know we've spoken before about. I wasn't allowed to go to parties in New Norfolk back in the day. It was too dangerous. Mm-hmm. I love New Norfolk now. I it's reckon so you'll find nice. that if they do this report in another five years' time, New Norfolk's no longer on that. No, I agree. Top ten list. Mm. It's definitely becoming a family vibe area. Yeah, the new subdivisions going in out there. Like, there's a really cool brewery that's opened up out there, distillery out there. So, you know, if McGregor takes off, maybe they can get a distillery up that way somewhere. Oh, just wait. We'll have blimps and everything. It's blimps. Just, uh, <laughs> blimps. Why does blimp go to your head? Because no one has blimps in Tassie. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's too windy, John. <laughs> yeah, We're bringing blimps back. But that's, I mean, you get really good value for your, you know, per hour because it's going so damn fast. Yes. Yeah. I heard the Hindenburg is on sale. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> and can they just burn the gin to, like, fuel the blimp? <laughs> See, that's the point. Like, there's just, there's so many ways to use a blimp no one's thought about it <laughs> those early batches that didn't go anywhere John. yeah that's right blimps, <laughs> all right we got this <laughs> but like there there is a lot to like about new norfolk it is really changed i was up there the other day and i don't know if you've been up there recently even like the rowing clubs got these giant club rooms oh, down, yeah. down on the waterfront yeah. so i didn't know that was there but. and the way the valley kind of sits it always seems to be so glassy down there you never yeah. kind of have to worry about kind of it blowing across your the amount of times i've been down there flying the drone and looking like over the river i'm like Man, this place is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah so oh, I can absolutely. see why it's definitely changing. I'm surprised to see it on that list. If I'm being honest, I'm so, actually very surprised to see. That so just it's only like five point five years is the average hold according to this report, and to me that seems strange. So from a real estate agent's point of view, I know you just mentioned before you're like, I've found the next place that Azza should be um, prospecting, like getting his boots on the ground and dropping his. Um, Flyers. His card. No, what about the card? Have you guys – we haven't covered this on the property pod. I'm just going to throw it in there. Did you – we talked about the Reddit thread yeah. about Azza's cards. Oh, that's great. Yeah, oh, yeah. so good. So <laughs> just randomly out of nowhere the other day, Mark Stewart, friend of the podcast, has texted her. He said, I don't know if you've seen this. What do you think about it? And it was this Reddit thread of Aaron Murray had popped his card into someone's letterbox and – and drawn a well, he hadn't drawn the penis on it. Someone had drawn a yeah. penis on it and put up and you know this, this. This I'm sick of getting all this rubbish in my letterbox. But Reddit's a pretty 
horrible place. Like Reddit mm. is the place on the internet worse than Twitter where people just, will just hate on each other. Oh, so yeah. mad at each other and yeah, say all yeah. these horrible things. There was all these lovely things coming up That's right. about Aaron, about Martin, about oh, four one four actually a pretty good agency. Well, but it was it was really surprising because even um, what there was only a few people proportionally that were dumping on agents. Like oh, that's fine. Like what's yeah. wrong with that? Like, yeah, it was just it was it was just weird. Like you were don't, not expecting it. Don't you love when and it happens on Facebook as well when someone puts up a comment and they're expecting everyone to be on their side and yeah. it totally backfires yeah, on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we are all over the place today, but I'm currently on this ticket sales thing for F1 Group, mm. and this person. Had had a free access code to be able to get pre-sale tickets. Okay, yeah, you yeah. You just got randomly selected. Abby and I got a code and this person's like, I've managed to secure tickets. I don't need my access code for Monday's morning sale. Um, if you'd like to buy it from me, DM me. There's a freaking free code and everyone just hated on them. They're like, you can't sell a code you got for free. That's just a dog act. Just oh, give it away to somebody. Wow, yeah, yeah. And like he was like, you know, I think in his head he was like, oh, I've got this code. I don't want to go to waste. I'll sell it to someone cheap mm. but yeah everyone's just like you should you be can- giving that code away to the poor people <laughs> that couldn't get a code yeah. but that's a great example of like to me of the same thing with the Aaron this guy's put up thinking people are just gonna hate on it like yeah mm. and they didn't no well Most yeah it was funny were quite positive and especially given you know and nature of our business like yeah. we're the easiest marks and to be crapped on but that just didn't happen oh well yeah. it did like there was there, there were some um yeah but if you if you want to find it head over to reddit and I think if you search in like a Hobart subreddit You'll find a, 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 Aaron, Aaron Murray yeah, with yeah. a phallic symbol drawn across his face, <laughs> um, and then some some not some mean things and some nice things said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, getting off topic completely. <laughs> well, but it brought back to prospecting in an area where a house may be. A yeah. So yeah, that. could a real estate agent use this list and be like, okay, so the whole time for properties here is lower than other suburbs. I'm going to try and. Oh, Just take my claim in, in this area. Well, I think there's merit behind it. Yep. If it works, I don't know. Like any prospecting is only good if you repeatedly do it consistently. I think we have a lot of prospecting people expect the answer tomorrow yeah. or the listing tomorrow, not the one in two to three years' time. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess it would depend how hard you prospect an area. Well, the, the other part too is you need to, uh, for an agent's perspective, if you're trying to establish a certain you know, income for the business. Uh, you also need to know how many houses are actually in that area. Because hmm. if there's like, it's got the high, you know, it's got the highest turnover, but there's only like 500 homes in the in the suburb. Well, you're probably still going to starve a little bit because not yes, it sounds like they're selling, a, you know, quite quickly, but there's just not many houses. Yeah. So it's all relative to the actual size of the um, market in that as well. But yeah. it's But it, honestly, like it is, um, you know, like in any business, you're going to determine what's your market, how many there are, and what's the potential exposure. So it makes sense from a strategy perspective, of course. Yeah, no, it's just an interesting kind of, yeah, I you kind of mentioned it in jest, but I was like, well, it's not the worst way of trying to find business. Like you're, well, if you can work out the places to go where you're going to have a high success rate. Well, like the, when going back to that thing about moving to Norfolk, so that, um, the, the economist Anne Flattery, is it? Um, I always get that yep. wrong. It's an Irish fl- uh, Flaherty. Um, nice. The, but she talked about it's like better infrastructure and gentrification. So the more that a suburb is going to be able to serve you, the more likely you're going to stay. And yeah, think, which is kind of what I mentioned with yeah. New Norfolk before. It was like it feels like the idea it's, of it's, the suburb of New Norfolk is not the same as your well, early 2000s. That's right. The suburb that's doing well, or well, the council that's doing well at the moment is the Sorrell Council. Yeah. Like the way that they are in creating opportunities for their people in that area. It's just astounding. Like, Have you yeah, been yeah. to the new park? 
At Sorrel? Yeah. No, the I one haven't. with the Ninja Warrior. Um, no, I have not. Oh, man, yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so, yeah, it's got a massive kids' playground. Not as big as the Kingston one, but, like, heaps of little areas for different age kids. And then an adult-sized Ninja Warrior course for training for Ninja Warrior. Dead set. I had no idea that was there. It, it's a massive fight between Kingston and Sorrel, in my opinion. Mm. So the council that are offering the best value for their... Yeah, for their people. Yeah, yeah, constituents. Yeah, absolutely. it's just astounding what those two suburbs are doing as far as like facilities, like infrastructure, mm. playgrounds. I don't want to shit on our um, local area, but like, what about our pool? Well, it's as you were speaking, the first thing that it, I, I said this, you know, a running thought, which is, you know, Glenorchy is one that lacks vision of what it wants to do next. Because you think of all those those suburbs, are like it's very driven right. Family, let's invest in the infrastructure to get them to have everything they need locally. Whereas Glenorchy, I suppose, has just been so well established. Like, well, now what the heck do we do? Yeah. I think it's mm. like if you treat the council as a business, for instance, it's any business that grows, they get to a point where they feel like they've they hit a wall. That's like, it. Yeah. Where do we go from here? Oh, like, yeah. if you look at Sorrell and Kingston, they're both emerging suburbs. They're both like getting lots of new subdivisions, population. Mm. So they've actually got income coming in. To help fund these projects, yeah, yeah, where Glenorchy hasn't got that opportunity to develop more That's properties to get more people to live into their suburbs, so they they're at a point where they've spent their income mm. or it's all allocated, and it makes it hard to do these projects. Where yeah, yeah. Sorrell's got endless construction happening. Oh yeah, well, well yeah, like the, the same. The BMX you know, track and the same. Like if your population or your housing is growing rapidly, you've got extra funds that aren't allocated to anything, so you can do these projects. Yeah, and less, less objection because mm. it's sort of a bit more um, future-focused. And, I, and guess the there. I guess you've got to offer those things so people say, yeah, I want to move to that area. 100%. Yeah, so you can see why some of those suburbs are doing really well at the moment. Yeah, no, I dig that. That's actually a really good point. And yeah, okay. no. So nothing against Glenorchy. You guys are doing a pretty good job. We're getting some new playgrounds at the moment. There's oh, yeah, no, and yeah, the, the, and the one, the skate park's just gone in at um, the Montrose Bay and the one, at, oh, Pat. Mm, I'm not on that skate park. Oh. <laughs> That's a story for another day. Oh, okay, well, we'll save that for next week. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, down by. Um, keep it on Reddit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got two subreddits going on that at the moment. They're not getting much traction, though. <laughs> Uh, but yes, no. Look, there are things going in, and and as you say, like there are emerging suburbs where there's space to grow. We're kind of boxed in here in this a place. Bit, where a little bit stuck on the ability to grow yeah. and create more opportunities. And so, I, I suppose so much counter vision too, because like, well, with the finite amount of use of space or the repurposing of buildings, it's, you just got so many different heads at this point with so many different conflicting perspectives yeah. whereas in growth it's like well it's it makes sense well this is there's there's space for, you've got space for you we've got space for me so yeah. everyone's happy like i'm sure somebody went to the sorrel council and said i want to train for ninja warrior i need a training facility they're like great <laughs> awesome it's, you can have that it's so funny when i watch yeah. the show i'm like it looks really really hard i wonder how i'd go and you know how it always starts you jump from like the first platform, three bit platform platform, platform, yeah. platform. And i'm like yep i can do that and then the next one's one of those ones where it like works on your upper body Oh, yeah. You've got to swing <laughs> with your own body weight. I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> and that's as far as I've got. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it's nuts. I don't- so you went off to your High Rocks just um, recently and did your um, fitness fest event. So maybe head down to Sorrel and on your way to the in-laws. Just drop by and see, <laughs> how you're going the, see how you go on the course. It, it would be interesting. We do like an office challenge Ninja Warrior and none of us get past the three, first three obstacles. I actually wouldn't mind that. That's not too bad. Yeah, that might be might be next on Az's, um fun card. <laughs> we end up just doing a squat competition instead. <laughs> as long as not push-ups because Laurie's got that in yeah, the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who? Laurie. Laurie? 
Oh, yeah, we are. I really apologise for the listeners nah, this week because it's been, a, it's been a while between hot takes. <laughs> but Murray was adamant he could beat Laurie in a push-up competition. And for people that don't know, Aaron Murray goes to the gym most work days, and he's mm. quite buff these days. And mm. Laurie, how old's Laurie? Seventies? Yeah, late seventies. I don't know. Apologise, Laurie, if I've oversold you. He, won't, age, listen. he but, won't listen, but yeah, somewhere in the seventies. So 70s. the two of them had a push-off push-up competition. And Laurie's at like 70 push-ups and going strong and Murray is struggling, begging Laurie to stop because oh, he couldn't so do any more. Laurie's just up, down, up, down, up, just down. Just forget about it. Where was I for this? I, I can't believe I missed this. Yeah. Aaron was so like, you know, cocky Aaron yeah. and confident as all shit that oh, I've got this old man. Yeah. And Laurie just went down and went to town. Laurie's just got that old man, <coughs> old builder strength that just never oh, left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It was impressive. Oh, well, shout out to Laurie Gray, the, the muscle. <laughs> Bloody yeah, yeah. Muscle of 414. <laughs> Laurie the muscle. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I love that. All right. Well, look, we, we talked some real estate. We talked a lot of rubbish. They're normally my favourite ones, to be honest. Um, thanks, guys. We will be back next week, maybe with some gin to taste. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Only time that will works. tell. Maybe some special guests. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. If John can get it organised. Oh, oh, yeah. Those ones. Yeah. Guests. I'm still working on those as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still think you're talking different special guests to what I'm talking about. What guests are you talking about? Oh, our four Beepo people that are right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to get them on the pod. I, Good hope luck. I hope I can even just a little mini interview with them. All right, All right guys. Let's finish this. We'll be back next week with more Property Pod. Thanks for sticking with us. Bye-bye. See you guys. Bye. You have been listening to the Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Co. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.